Uh, quite frankly, it's my view that uh, Stan Kroenke should be arrested. This is the Talking Schmidt Podcast, home of the best stories and sports takes from St. Louis to Chicago and beyond. Here is your host, Daniel Schmidt. Happy Sunday to all my loyal listeners out there, and welcome into episode 66 of the Talking Schmidt Podcast. I'm going to be fully transparent with you guys, like I always am. I had the pod rip-roaring, ready to go, was actually a few moments away from dropping it when heartbreaking news that will rattle this country to its core came out. After 10 years of marriage, Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler have gotten divorced. Quarantine has been bad for any number of reasons, but in a time when we desperately need positivity, in a time when we need America's couple, the my favorite couple, personally, professionally, celebrity of all time, when they get divorced, I don't know, I... I'm I'm in shock. The pain of this, it cuts sincerely deep. You have an American male icon in Jake Cutler, king of DGAF, was hated and loved simultaneously, which is how you know that he was an awesome person. No one can be totally loved outside of Rob Gronkowski. And you have this guy... Casually went to Vanderbilt, casually became the quarterback for the Chicago Bears, and casually dated the hottest woman on the planet. And not only was Kristen Cavallari, it's Kristen Cavallari, breathtakingly beautiful. She is a business, social media, and TV production tycoon. Of all the power couples, they were at the top of the heap. John Legend, Chrissy Teigen, they are a step below Jay Cutler, and Kristen Cavallari. What we have today is an American tragedy, and I hope that we all reach out to those we love today and tell them that we love them, and that hopefully, even in the darkest hour receiving the darkest news, we're able to move forward as a country. Jay, Kristen, I love you both. Team Jay forever. few things to cover on this week's State of the Union. Uh, the most important thing, I know it's been on all of our minds, my hairstylist said that she will now be accepting people on her back balcony in Chicago. I, My mom ran downstairs. She was so concerned as to what possibly could have elicited such a loud and excited reaction. I told her, Mom... I'm going to get a haircut again. It's going to happen. And Madeline's going to give me the haircut. Madeline, my go-to girl for a year and a half in Chicago, is open for business. So that's the most important thing that's gone on internationally the last week, is that my hairstylist is back in business, thank God. Additionally, earlier this week, I, uh, oh, this is important for Matt to know. I stole the Roku from Chicago before I came to St. Louis. So I've got the Roku in St. Louis. Can't wait for Matt to text me about that. 
the Roku has every platform. We've got every platform on there: uh, Hulu, HBO, Netflix, Disney Plus, Prime. You name it, we've got it. And because of that, I was able to watch Pirates of the Caribbean too. Why on earth would you want to watch? Would anyone want to rewatch Pirates of the Caribbean too? Couple things. One, when I saw it when I was 11, 12, the plotline kind of confused the shit out of me. Why did everybody want the chest? I didn't get why the East India Trading Company would want the chest. I was confused. Minor reason. Um, other reason for it. It's quarantine. People are doing really weird shit. Really weird shit. Inexplicable stuff. A lot of old flames reaching out. Not to me per se. But a lot of old flames are reaching out. People are getting a little cabin fever. And in cabin fever, you'll do things like, oh, I don't know. Let me take three hours out of my night and and watch Pirates of the Caribbean 2. The major reason I watched Pirates of the Caribbean 2 was because there's a moment after Orlando Bloom... Gets the key from Davy Jones's chest for Davy Jones's chest. He's going to um, run away from the Flying Dutchman, the ship. Orlando Bloom's father is on the ship. He is serving a life sentence on the ship. And Orlando Bloom says to his father, "You can't, you can't help me get away. They'll know that you helped me get away. You can't be involved with this." And his father laughs. And says, what more can they do to me? I spent 20 minutes looking for that clip so that I could use it for Twitter content at some point. And the Twitter content that I would be wanting to use it for revolves around Mizzou Athletics. Yesterday, Saturday, another transfer who had Mizzou in his top five Picked a different school. And, and honestly, top of my head, I, I don't remember his name or where he went because, frankly, guys, I've lost track. I'm as big a Mizzou basketball fan as you will find, and I have lost track. I cannot keep up. So I used that clip after we lost out on Justin Turner, and then last week we signed Ed Chang, who I'll get to. I used that clip. When the transfer announced his decision, what more can they do to me? I've got nothing left. I've got nothing left to give. They, Mizzou has it all. Okay, I've. They, I'm down. I'm. I'm kicked. I'm lit on fire. I'm urinated on. My ashes are thrown into a garbage disposal. Someone goes through the garbage disposal, collects my ashes through science, puts me back together as a person, and, re- and redoes the whole process. And this happens on a weekly, if not daily, basis with the University of Missouri athletic program. Football seems to be trending in the right direction. And I know everyone would love to hear some positivity. Uh, so with that said, I'm just going to stick with basketball and the negatives. Ed Chang is a transfer that Mizzou got. Originally a three- or four-star type guy. He had an offer from Mizzou back in 2018, an offer from Conzo. Ultimately decided to go to San Diego State. He gets to San Diego State. San Diego State says, Ed, happy to have you here. We, uh, You're not good enough on defense. We would suggest you redshirt. It would be in your best interest. And next year when you're more acclimated, you'll be rip-roaring ready to go. 
Ed did not want to take the year off, chose not to redshirt, appeared in only 13 out of their 34 games as a freshman. Ed then decides to transfer to Salt Lake Community College. Last year, he shot very well from three. If you watch his tapes, this kid loves to pull up from three, loves to shoot threes. I think he was at like 41.7% from three last year, and he shot them at a, at a high volume. Um, some other important things about Ed, um, he's six eight. He's got some length, um, and he likes to shoot. Other relevant details about Ed. He was so bad at defense that the school that recruited him said, you have to redshirt. You're not good enough to play here yet. Does Mizzou have an offensive or defensive-minded coach? A defensive-minded coach. Hangs his hat on it. Hangs his hat on being a defensive-minded coach who, no matter what, will follow every rule possible. God, I wish Mizzou would cheat and get away with it. God, I wish that would happen. So we know Kanz is a defensive guy. He brings in a guy who can't play defense. Well, we can assume then that Ed is just unreal. Ed played less than 20 minutes a game last year at Salt Lake Community College. He came off the bench and shot under 50% from free throw. Guys, what the, what the hell are we doing here? Okay. You've got me out here watching Pirates of the Caribbean 2. That's how low this program has driven me. It's not fair. It's not fair. And now the optics, every single transfer out there, doesn't matter who he is. It doesn't matter if he obviously was a bench player at Salt Lake Community College. If he's transferring, we will give him an offer. So now transfer after transfer, it seems like truly to be day after day, these guys are going to other schools. Mizzou's in their top five, ultimately doesn't make the cut. On the flip side of this coin, the Slew Billikens, Travis Ford, continues to build the program, continues to build upward trajectory, picks off Francis Okoro, out of Oregon, an ideal rim runner, to be honest with you. He's not going to take a ton of shots. He's going to block shots, and he's going to dunk the ball, okay? Low maintenance, high energy, dunks and blocks, perfect. That piece can fit in any offense. That piece, rim runners, rim protectors, I call them rim runners, rim runners, those in shooters will have a place in any offense for the rest of time for always. For always. This guy was a highly sought-after guy. Travis Ford got him. So I posed the question on Twitter, what is one thing Conzo Martin has done better than, than Travis Ford since they both showed up on their respective campuses? Conzo had a great start out of the gate and could not carry the momentum. Some bad injuries, we know, but these prospects not panning out, these prospects transferring, that's, that's on Conzo. That's on Conzo. And I know I went down that entire rabbit hole last week, so I'm not going to do it again this week. But when you've got programs that are two hours apart, that go after the same recruits, that share fans such as myself, that one school really wants to play the other school, SLU wanting to play Mizzou, and then Mizzou refuses to do so, and then SLU in pretty much every way is kicking Mizzou's ass without directly playing head-to-head, the optics are terrible. 
Mizzou can't have Schlue kicking its ass off the court. From a PR perspective, from a recruit's perspective, any way, shape, or form, Mizzou can't have that. Simply can't. And Travis Ford is a great coach. He just is. And that's what I said on Twitter. Travis Ford has based his whole career on being an elite recruiter, and he has fallen through on that commitment. Okay, Conzo has based his entire career on being an elite recruiter, and unfortunately he's come up short, especially in the last year at Mizzou. And as a result, you've got six roster openings for the year starting in 2021, and I don't know how he's going to fill them. I really don't. It's going to take a miracle. But the fact that we're now throwing our name at every single every single recruit, we're the last guy or girl or girl at the bar. Hey, hi, how are you? One last shot before you go home. We are the last drunk person at the bar looking for someone to go home with. That's what Mizzou is. Okay, we are that person. We are that loser. It's awful. It's awful. Throwing our name at everybody and everybody. And we get a bench player from Salt Lake Community College. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Time for this week's Asking Schmidt. Batting leadoff, rightfully so. A 400 hitter, my friend and roommate, Matt McAleenan, whose question I skipped last week. Matt, hand up. That's my bad. Thoughts on sports fans cheering for cities they move to when they have a home team. Hypothetically, someone born and raised in Chicago who moved to Kansas City, which part two, why would you move to Kansas City from Chicago? Matt, this is a great question. I I think the rules are as follows. If you move to a city... I moved from St. Louis to Chicago. Chicago, or excuse me, St. Louis does not have an NBA team. So I have no problem freely rooting for the Chicago Bulls. Now, I'm not quite yet a huge Bulls fan, but I'm working towards there. I, I live on Madison where the Bulls play. Someone, again, Matt, I know you're not alluding to anyone specific here who might share your first name. But if you were to move to Kansas City, which, God bless, and you were to root for the Chiefs, having a hometown team of the Bears, um, yeah, that that's gonna that, that raises some red flags. I, I don't think there's any sort of rational justification for doing that. Some might say it's jumping on a bandwagon, which is one of the more disrespectful things you can say about another sports fan. So I think to move to a city that has a professional team um, in a league that exists in your home city, I, I that you cannot do. You know, in, in my situation, I, I, I can't root for the Bears because the Bears, um, you know, operate under the uh, the the league tutelage of of the most evil cartel on earth, the NFL. So I, I my hands are tied there. I can't root for them at all. Why you would move from um, the third largest city in America, um, arguably the best city in America, 
to a place like Kansas City? That um, that is a question I simply don't have the answer to, and and, and fortunately, I, I did the uh, the exact opposite of that. Um, moving now to Facebook, we we get started with a fun one here. So every week with asking Schmidt, I uh, I'll throw some chum in the water, so to speak, when I post these on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, for example, th- this week I said asking Schmidt, the NFL draft was last night. People are posting music albums relentlessly. Injecting ourselves with Clorox was mentioned as a possible solution by the power- most powerful man on earth. Fire away. When I say throw chum in the water, I'm, I'm just giving people um, things to think of, thing- topical things that might prompt them to ask questions. It, it, what happened first was um, an individual um, who, as far as I know, had a very normal upbringing um, South City kid went to an MCC high school. Uh, I heard he got into gaming at one point. I, I haven't. I met the kid once in 2007. This individual comments. I watched the whole thing. When did the president say we should inject ourselves with Clorox? Here's what he was talking about. Here's the Clorox, or here's the conference. Also, he then shares another link. Um, fact check, no, Trump didn't propose injecting people with disinfectant. That link he shared from Bite, Breitbart. Uh, when I went to this person's profile, it was like out of, it was it was like a caricature. It was a cartoon. His banner pick is a silhouetted uh, American soldiers, backdrop an American flag. Profile picture um, is Donald Trump uh, looking down at a laughing Hillary Clinton his intro is God, family, country, be smart, QAnon. So I didn't think that me asking, uh, going through my weekly Q&A would prompt someone who I haven't seen in 13 years, whose phone number I don't even have, um, whose whereabouts I don't even know of. Like This kid's more or less a stranger to me. Um I had no idea that asking Schmidt would get a, a QAnon person out of the woodwork. Um, they're terrifying um, internet creatures um, who get down these rabbit holes, and it, it's it's terrifying. These QAnon people are what nearly got people killed in the Pizzagate debacle. They believe every conspiracy that you can possibly create, and frankly, they're a danger to society. So I can't believe that society drubbed one of those out. Um, it, it's sad and, and, and frankly disconcerting and almost pathetic to see that someone who had a normal upbringing in St. Louis went to a, a good grade school, a good high school, um, has kind of uh, devolved into a QAnon person. But, you know, we all go different paths in life, and some of them are really, really tragic to watch. Luke Domask, your least four favorite social media trends in the last four years. The list to choose from is the size of the Bible. Luke, you know this is an unfair question for the parameters that you gave. The list is the size of the Bible. So what I'll do, Luke, what I'll do, as I do this fairly top of head here, um, what I'll do is I'll give you the worst days. I'll give you the worst days of social media. And this is re- there's recency bias here. There's recency bias for sure. Um, one that just snuck. So we've got Galentine's and we've got Friendsgiving. Okay. Those are the two. Now, though, after those two, and we've got recency bias here, and and I'm going to catch some heat for this one. 
anytime there's an excuse to do the pets day, it's National Pets Day. It's National Mention You Once Had a Pet Day. It's National Oh, Who Cares? I'm going to post my pet anyway day. I hate that day. I I, I get real tired of that day. Um, and then number four would be Earth Day. What I saw people doing for Earth Day was so repulsive. I, I could not get enough of it. it. It was it was not about the Earth. Okay, the posts I saw were not about the Earth. It was <laughs> look at this sick ass vacation that I took. Okay, it, people were flexing. I'm usually okay with flexing. I need it to be transparent, right? It's not bragging if you can back it up. If you're like, yeah, I busted my ass at my job. I took a sick-ass vacation because I earned it. Great. If it's mom and dad covered my expenses to go to Greece, here's a picture of me enjoying a $500 dinner, and oh, yeah, the beach is beyond. Happy Earth Day. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Okay? There's just a difference. I'd prefer you directly brag than use Earth Day when you don't give a shit about the Earth's health to brag about a trip you took. Just my take. Alex Burton. This is, and I got to preface you guys with this. The, the question Alex Burton asked here is in the Hall of Fame first ballot for questions that have been asked on this podcast. Have humans become too good at keeping stupid people alive? If this pandemic happens 100 years ago, all the dumb people not following the advice of doctors probably get sick and some pass on. Has technology helped humans get too good at denying natural selection? Again, this is the best question I think I've gotten on the Talking Schmidt podcast because I think the answer is yes. So many dumb people are still alive. To quote Dwight Schrute from the Philly Convention, we need a new plague. We have too many people. Well, the plague has arrived. If there's one thing I've learned over the last four years, it's that people are stupid. Just five minutes ago, I'm talking about someone justifying the president saying we should put UV lights inside of people. We should have people inject themselves with disinfectant. Okay? Stupid people continue to exist. I don't know how. They are defying the odds. And frankly, to your point, Alex, we become too good at keeping them alive. We need some more Darwinism. If we can speed up Darwinism... I think that'd be great. You know, I, I, I frequently talk about friends potentially moving out of the country by 2024 simply because I can't allow myself to be surrounded by such stupidity on such a regular basis. Next thing you know, it's going to have an impact on my genius IQ, and that's the last thing I want to have happen. So, yes, we have gotten too good at keeping stupid people alive. We need technology to regress and let Darwinism Ramp back up. <clears throat> Jonathan McGuff. What was your favorite head coach GM setup for the draft? So I didn't watch the draft. Not one second. Um, I don't care about the draft. Um, I did see a picture, though, of Cliff Kingsbury, brother Cliff Kingsbury, Sigma Chi, <coughs> who I'm pretty sure 
never threw a touchdown pass in the NFL, has a losing record as a head coach, and has failed backwards into the head coach of the, uh, I believe, the Arizona Cardinals. And I did see his draft setup because his setup was so badass um, that it, it got outside of regular NFL channels. I saw one or two picks here and there of – uh, coaches with a ton of monitors, um, you know, like in like a man cave. And then you had Cliff Kingsbury, who had two monitors, a bottle of Fiji water, um, white button down, blue slacks, dress shoes, no socks, sho- no socks showing, which I think can be a badass look, but I think it toes the line of like, is it trendy or you just kind of look like an asshole, which is kind of fashion in general. So Cliff was right there. But, yeah, the the setup Cliff Kingsbury had was fit for a king, and that's why Cliff had it. He is one of the baddest dudes on earth, one of the coolest guys in the NFL. And if people can't respect the fact that he's failed backwards into his job, then, then you don't understand the art of finessing and bag getting. Cliff Kingsbury's in the Hall of Fame as far as finessers are concerned. <laughs> Ryan Platt. How will, the Cow- How will the Cowboys do next season? Do you anticipate them winning the division? Will Jerry Jones die soon? Is Jerry's wife hot? I would assume Jerry's wife's hot. Um, I don't know. I know Jerry's got to be 80. Um, I know he probably has a, a slew of prostitutes on, on speed dial when need be. Uh, just Jerry being Jerry. Uh, the Cowboys in general, I think Ryan's asking this question because he knows my roommate um, is now a Bears fan. And Ryan and my roommate have a bet every year for how uh, for, or for which team is going to do better. Obviously, I don't know anything about the rosters. Ryan knows this and asking the question. Yesterday, I said Mitch Trubisky was a starter, not realizing that Nick Foles had taken the job. So that's how much I know. But yeah, no, Cowboys should be great. Keep in mind, keep in mind, if you're a St. Louis fan, and I'm talking to Pete Forsey here, if you're a St. Louis native or resident, anything, and you have any sort of even neutral feelings about the Cowboys... You're a traitor. You're a traitor. Jerry Jones has just as much blood on his hands as Satan Kroenke and Goodell and fucking Kevin Kevin Demoff. Okay, Jerry Jones was right there. He was the one who said, close the doors. Let's get this shit done. Okay, I'm anti-Cowboys forever. All right, let's switch over to Twitter. Oh, for the love of God, internet, work for me here. Eric Korth, I watched the whole thing. When did the president say we should inject ourselves with Clorox? Here's what he's talking about, the conference also. That's a really well-done troll by Eric um, with the QAnon guy. I hope the QAnon guy does not come and find me later. That would suck. Um, Stephen Petrelia, be honest. How excited are you about Ed Chang or eight points per game monster out of Salt Lake Community College? Addressed that earlier on the pod. Uh, additionally, do you think it's fair to say Kanto has tossed his name in the hat for every single player that's entered the transfer portal and is he just taking whoever says yes? I, not only do I think that's fair, Petrilli, I think that's literally what's happened. Oh, boy. Tough question here. From Tanner, thoughts on the frat castle being taken over? I am still hashtag upset. That's a troll from Tanner, but damn it, I am still upset the frat castle got taken over, and I want to beat the crap out of those kids. I want to beat the crap out of them. They let the Boltons take over 500 South College. How's that possible? Who's giving me sober rides in two years when I show up there? The Delta Kais? Probably not. Zach Smith. 
Is two of the next RG3 too many injuries? Here's a hot take for you from a guy who didn't watch the draft and watched Tua play one game against the Missouri Tigers in October of 2018. I don't think Tua is that good. <clears throat> There's my hot take. When you have that many weapons, and this argument in theory, if someone cared enough, could be used against me against Joe Burrow, who I think is an outstanding quarterback. If you have that many weapons at your disposal, your job gets a lot easier. I I, I know Tua torched us for 300-something yards, a few TDs. He's hitting guys wide open in stride. Like I, I Rarely in these highlights with Tua am I seeing him fitting in the window or ad-libbing. Again, I don't watch a lot of football. I don't. I never understood all this hype around Tua. He's short. He's got wide open receivers. Uh, Jerry Judy's the fastest human I've ever seen in my life. Like I don't. I don't know. I'm not that big of a Tua guy. I I've, I'm low on Tua. Very low. Is he the next RG three? Too many injuries. We'll see. I know he got rocked last year, and that was pretty bad. Um, and I know he's fairly mobile in the pocket, so. We'll see how it works. I, I don't know. Uh, he could be the next RG3. I also think RG3 projected to be a better um, a better NFL quarterback just in general. Jim Root, I know you put Clorox in the tweet, but please rank the top three household cleaners you'd inject yourself with. Hoping my guys at Scrubbing Bubbles sneak in there. Jim, I'm glad you brought up Scrubbing Bubbles. I'm a huge Scrubbing Bubbles fan myself. I think I've got two bottles at the apartment in Chicago. So those are going to be in there. I think Purell... We, um, with whatever percent of alcohol that has, I think that would really get you going, depending on where exactly you injected it. And then, I don't know about Clorox. I think what I'd want to lead off with was Windex, because I feel like Windex, with while maybe not a true disinfectant, would kind of set a baseline for your tolerance going forward. So, yeah, Windex, uh, Scrubbing Bubbles, and Purell. Even though hand sanitizer, Purell, household cleaner, we're, we're gonna we're gonna throw that in there. Uh, Chad Johnson, can we get Billy Gates to call in to break down the Eagles' first round selection? Not only that, next week the phone lines are gonna be back up and running. I'm gonna have the Q and A done entirely by voicemail. Uh, so I'm excited for all that to get going. Hardy Cox comments, voice bills, pl- voicemails, please. I might actually listen if you do. Hey, maybe the rest of my family will listen if I do voicemails as well all right question from where is it there's a question from michael Gaines here loaded question if you were a san diego chargers fan would you have been an la chargers fan so Gaines brought this up in a group chat uh earlier this week and it's a really fascinating question san diego's two-hour drive south of la at most so St. Louis to Columbia, not even a road trip, just an elongated drive. Personally, I think I would still be a fan. If it went from the St. Louis Rams to the Columbia Rams, I would still be a fan. That's kind of oversimplifying it. But in terms of moving two hours away to two time zones, I don't think there's any sort of a comparison. I, I, I think I would be an L.A. Chargers fan. Now, getting more into the weeds of the question. If I'm a San Diego Chargers fan, okay, there 
you and I have a lot of pride in my city, right? And I know that L.A. is the big brother, just by default and always will be. I don't even know if San Diego and L.A. have any sort of rivalry. To my knowledge, they don't. I would assume it's L.A. and SF. But if I'm a Chargers fan in San Diego and I see that the Rams have moved to Los Angeles, am I not sitting there asking myself, hey, why do my Chargers have to go to L.A.? That doesn't seem fair. You've already moved one team (coughs) illegally, unethically, unjustifiably, two time zones away to Los Angeles. Why would do my chargers, who are only two hours away to begin with, why do my chargers now have to move and be the Los Angeles Chargers? That doesn't seem fair to me. So while I do think I would be an L.A. Chargers fan being born and raised in this hypothetical in San Diego, I don't think I'd like it. I do think it would piss me off. I would not hate and resent the league to the extent that I do now where I no longer play fantasy football, I don't pay attention to the draft, and I frankly want the NFL season to be canceled. I don't think I would have that visceral reaction if if I was a San Diego guy and they moved to Los Angeles. I, I, I don't, but I can definitely see where plenty of San Diegoans would have plenty of issues with what the NFL did to them. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Talking Schmidt podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. And I hope you guys enjoy what's left of your weekend. Speaking of which, I wanted to quickly plug the Madigan McGovern Hot Questions with Even Hotter Wings will be live on her Instagram at Madigan McGovern at 5 o'clock Central. She puts it at 6 o'clock Eastern, which only a New York elitist would do. Settle down. Refers to it as a nice little pregame for Last Dance. This is going to be similar to the YouTube setup of Hot Ones where thoughtful or questions are asked to someone while they eat um, hot wings that could, in theory, burn off their taste buds. So there's a little action for you guys tonight. 5 o'clock Central Time, Madigan McGovern's Instagram Live. Hot wings, even hotter questions. Um, So, yeah, guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Tune in for that. And most importantly, especially in light of us being told to inject ourselves with Clorox, never shop at Walmart.